Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes each day. So it's easy to fit into our busy schedules, but it keeps us in God's word. And that's important for the strength of our faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. It also helps keep us focused on our spiritual lives and our relationship with God. Help somebody in your life by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody grow in their faith. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study talking about heart troubles or problems of the heart. And again, we're talking about from a spiritual perspective. We're talking about not that muscle beating within our chest. We're talking about our mindset, our morality, our soul, our, 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 spiritual, our spiritual life, really. And some people might say, well, I don't believe in all that. I don't believe in a soul. Well, it, you've got a soul anyway, whether you believe in it or not. God created us with a soul. He created us in his image, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. And that makes us unique from everything else they created. We are moral creatures. And that's unique from everything else he created. And that's what we're talking about. From our mindset, from our morality, from our, our, our lifestyle. We're talking about heart problems from the very seat of our being. Now, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 19, uh, verse 18, those things which, pro- which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies, These are the things which defile a man. So when we're talking about an evil lifestyle, a wicked lifestyle, a sinful lifestyle, that reflects the condition of that person's heart. That's that's what their mindset is. That's That's what their moral compass leads them, and we might say their immoral compass leads them to take part in. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about heart problems or problems of the heart. Now, we've looked at a number of different ones, and some of these people might not really think that much about as being a problem of the heart. But remember what Jesus said there. Evil, wickedness, unrighteousness, ungodliness, sinfulness, it all comes from the heart. What, what, is, our, what is the condition of our heart? What is our mindset, our moral compass? Well, we've looked at hatred as being one, a problem of the heart, laziness, gossip, worry, all of these. And so in this particular one, we're looking at that problem, that heart problem that we could identify as unforgiveness. And again, is there now or has there ever been someone in your life to whom you have had an extremely difficult time extending forgiveness? Or maybe you have absolutely refused to forgive that person or maybe more than one person's in more than one person in your life 
perhaps even the thought of this individual, the mention of his or her name causes to swell up within you old negative emotions, anger, and maybe even hatred. You have a hard time thinking about that person without turning negative in your thoughts immediately. Another question, are you right now holding a grudge against or harboring ill feeling toward somebody in your life? Hmm. These are tough questions, aren't they? Now, somebody might say, that person doesn't deserve forgiveness. I'm never going to forgive them. What they've done to me, you don't know what they did to me. No, I don't. But the inability or unwillingness to retain a forgiving attitude toward another person, particularly toward a brother or sister in Christ, can ultimately do far greater harm to you being unforgiving than to the person to whom you refuse to extend forgiveness. And we've talked, we've looked at a number of verses of Scripture from the Lord himself that teach us, emphasize to us, that we must maintain a forgiving heart if we want God to forgive us. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. Verse 4, Jesus said, Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. In Matthew's account, the wording is a little different. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 12. And then Jesus went on to state, For if you forgive men, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Verses 14 and 15 of Matthew chapter 6. You see, if we want God to forgive us of our sins, we have to be ready to forgive others of their sins against us. And the principle is repeated again by Jesus in another text. He said, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Mark 11, verses 25 and 26. And then he put it quite succinctly in Luke 6 and verse 37 when he said, forgive and you will be forgiven. You see, forgiveness is not an option. It's not just a good suggestion. It's a command from God himself and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to read the parable of the unforgiving servant. It graphically illustrates the principle that God can refuse forgiveness to a person who refuses to forgive others. We find this text in Matthew chapter 18, beginning with verse 21 and reading on down through verse 35. And so here's the account. Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? <laughs> well, Peter was probably thinking, forgiving somebody who sinned against me 
forgiving him seven times, that's that's pretty, you know, that's that that's pretty gracious, isn't it? He was not expecting, I'm sure, Jesus' response. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. And that was not a hard and fast number either, I'm sure. I think Jesus was simply saying, You there is no limit to the number of times you're supposed to give someone who has sinned against you, but then sought your forgiveness. Jesus went on then to give an illustration. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, if you check that out and you, you did some research in the currency of that day and that part of the world, that was a sum of money that this servant probably would never be able to repay his king, his master. It was so overwhelming. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt, forgave him a humongous debt that the servant could never have paid by himself on his own. Now, who's the master supposed to illustrate here? God. Who's the servant who could not possibly pay for his own debt? You and me our sin debt to God. And notice that servant fell down and begged for mercy and his master forgave him the debt. We need to beg God's mercy for our forgiveness and he's just waiting for us to do that. He sent his son to die on the cross so that we could do that. But we have to come to him and beg for that mercy. Be baptized into Christ for the remission of our sins, and God will wipe away all of our sins. And we can come to him in prayer once we become true Christians, baptized into Christ, and he's ready to forgive as we repent and seek his forgiveness through prayer. Well, the text goes on, though. So this servant was forgiven a debt that he never could have repaid by himself. Now, verse 28, but that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. By comparison to what that servant, that first servant had owed his master, a hundred denarii was kind of like a drop in the bucket. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. Now, his master had just been incredibly gracious to him, forgave him an insurmountable debt. And now he's taking, he's treating a fellow servant who owed him a little bit of money like a thief almost. He's not showing any compassion, any grace. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Well, that was the same thing, the same request he had made to his master. Now, his master forgave him his debt totally. But this servant 
would not, but went and threw him into prison, threw his fellow servant into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly Father will also do to you, Jesus says, if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. You talk about a graphic illustration, a graphic lesson laid out before us. Jesus was giving that lesson. We beg for God's forgiveness because we cannot do anything in and of ourselves to forgive ourselves of the guilt of our sins. And God stepped in and sent his son to the cross so that we could have the opportunity to seek God's forgiveness through Christ. If we won't forgive somebody else, what's the lesson in that particular text? How in the world can we expect God's mercy and grace upon us? We need to emulate what God is ready to do for us. We need to put that into practice toward others who have sinned against us. Let's pray. Father, help us to be gracious. Help us to exhibit your example of love and mercy and forgiveness to others as we forgive them their debts, their sins against us. Help us to help them come to you for ultimate forgiveness. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.